Welcome to Food Alchemy Network. We invite you to tune in, tune up, and tune out. All the distraction bring forth a new mindset of open, higher frequency vibration. We want you to sit back, close your eyes with us for this moment, and meditate before we begin our journey. We want to invite you to glide with us throughout the galaxy as we touch other higher frequencies and unite on Food Alchemy Network. Where we bring in inspiration, joy, education, insightful, loving vibration. Dr. Cicely D'Angelo promises to bring you ways to up-level to another level each and every broadcast. So stay tuned to Food Alchemy Network. Dr. Cicely D'Angelo will be your guide she is the captain of Food Alchemy Network. Thank you for staying tuned and dialing in to Food Alchemy Network. Sister Babu. Yay. Good day. 
Hey, Dr. D, what an <laughs> honor to be here. I am just so excited about this evening. And as you were introducing and bringing on the show, I felt as I was really, really um, moving throughout the galaxy. Uh, because one of the ways that I introduce myself and tell people about myself, I tell them who I am. I tell them the I in me that you cannot see. So I am a small feminine piece of the cosmic energy and creative intelligence of the universe, which I call God. Therefore, I am hope. I am peace. I am love. I am a spiritual being in physical form on a mission from God to represent its existence to all I encounter. Now, when I entered this plane, I entered in the physical form, and I was given the name Rita Joyce Houston. Later in life, I became known as Sister Fabu Ifeula Modupe. Beautiful woman, for the love of God, I am grateful. Now, while I was on while on this mission, not while I was on this mission, but while on this mission, <laughs> I have made many mistakes, and I will continue to make mistakes as I learn to live this journey called life. However, my favorite feminist saying is, "Throw me to the wolves, and I'll come back leading the pack." That is who I am. Now, um, the intersectional roles that I use and the tools that I use to accomplish this mission is I am uh, the executive director of You Empower You, Inc., a nonprofit. I am also the founder and executive director of a nonprofit, Journey Inward. I am a certified mindfulness meditation instructor, a peer recovery coach, a certified licensed faith-based reentry intervention crisis counselor, a certified integrity training facilitator, an ordained minister and spiritual teacher. I have a master's in social work, and I'm a, a retired human resource develop, di- director. And those are the tools that I use to accomplish my mission here. Because I'm, I, I see myself as a change agent And you know usually when people Ask us to introduce ourselves And tell us who we are We start out with a bunch of labels You know I do this and I do that But who are you That's on this journey with us this evening That's going to be seeking to get this do over Right. And who who are you when we talk about the silent screen? Not silent, not S I L E N T, but the side S I G H L E N T, because we know a woman's screams are never silent. Sighs and goes quietly into the night, picks up herself, picks herself up, and go do what she has to do. Okay. And I am the the that is the name of has the book. The name of the book is the silent screen. It's an it's an anthology, and fourteen brave women uh, decided to um, release that pain that they've held, and they let let the, those sides lend itself to healing screams. This is to the woman. This anthology is dedicated to the woman who leads from the front, even though she's lost inside. The woman who cries in the shower so that no one else can see. To the woman who lives quietly in anxiety because nobody understands what you could possibly be stressed about. To the woman Mm -hmm. who smiles all day in public and goes silently into the night. You see, I see you. I stand in the gap for you. You are my sister. I love you because I am you and you are me. We're just at different stages of development. And these women's sides 
in the anthology uh, come in the forms of essays and poetry. And the, the, the collection offers parallel insight into the hearts and minds of women who have silently sighed and turned those sides into uh, power, strength, healing, and transformation. And inside the anthology, we leave a section for the reader, and we invite the reader to recall a time when she sighed herself up and got back in the race. Because, you see, we don't talk our pain. We do our pain. And I'm willing to bet, rather than scream, because a lot of us have probably felt like, what good would it do? You just sighed, and that sigh lent itself to powerful action. Because that sigh is not to be ignored, pushed down, covered up, or swept under the rug. And it's interesting how many of us sigh. Because as I said, our sighs are never silent. We exhale, we sigh, and we inhale. We exhale, we sigh, and we inhale. Is there anything in particular you want to ask me about? Most definitely. Well, you know I always got questions if you know me by now. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's like, yeah, that's why I got well, myself scripted for is, Zoom and everything because I'll, um, you know, that's why I'm going to be scripted for Zoom with all my the pointers because you know I get excited and I'll just talk, talk, talk. So just just jump in whenever you want to. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to know why the why the cry? Why do you? You feel women. Well, it's not are a cry. It's a sigh. It's not a cry. Okay. It's not a okay, cry. Okay, sigh. My sigh. Yeah, it's a sigh. And I think okay. you asked me why do I feel women are sighing? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, because we don't cry. You know, and that's one of the reasons why the anthology is because I, we want to change the narratives from being. Um, Strong to being powerful. See, we, I mean, and, and it happened to me, you know, it's like I was laying in bed one night and my eyes flew open and I was met with the darkness of the room surrounding me. And I quickly became, you know, aware that I was engulfed in darkness and it was followed by intense pain. And I just screamed out, oh, God, help me. I felt like I was being swallowed up by darkness and despair. And immediately tears fell my my eyes, my heart palpitated at an enormous rate, and I felt like if I, I needed to, I wanted to, and I had to just scream, 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 and not stop screaming, and notice that I said I wanted to, notice that I said I needed to, instead, deep right. guttural sigh. And it was a sigh from the depth of my being, you know? And it was like the sigh of, you know, repressed pain, the sigh of of, of unrecredited love, the sigh of dream deferred, you know, the sigh of no uh support. And I I I just sighed and inhaled and, and, and exhaled and released that repressed pain which allowed me to go freely into meditation. And after meditation, Spirit said to me, you're not alone. There are many of the sisters whom you know who sighed rather than scream. And that they, too, uh, have sometimes just exclaimed, life just is. It just is. There ain't no point in hitting the panic button. But that pain needs to be released. And so Spirit asked me to put out a call to these women because this pain cannot be ignored and give these sisters a platform to do so. And that was the birth of the silent screams of a woman. I put out that that uh, I put out that call to about 130 women 
And 13 women responded with a resounding yes. And they sent all their submissions in by January the 3rd. 2019, and they all thanked me because we're all carrying around something that we've just pushed down in our side. Just we just keep pushing it down. Why do you think we push that down? Why do we push push it down? Because it's overwhelming and it's really painful. You know, the the hurt. You know what I mean that we have. So we push it down in order to move forward. Because, you know, at the times and some of the times we experience that trauma, we don't really know how to cope with it. And sometimes we don't have the time. We're raising children. we got jobs. You know, we're trying to build businesses. We're trying to do so many things that we just said, oh, well, okay, that's life, and we keep on moving. And those of us who, you know, have probably done self-actualization and self-awareness have, you know, probably taken the time. But for the largest, the greater majority of us, We've not taken that time to be mm-hmm. with self and just sit and reflect on on it and, and decide what can I do, you know. And sometimes it seems like we're afraid to talk to somebody because they may think, you know, that's why the screams go unheard. We, we may think that they may think, you know, what do you have to really be, you know, stressed about? Because most of the times when we're talking to people, Sometimes we are not mm-hmm. really attentive to them. We're trying to, uh, we're listening to respond because, you know, so often somebody will come back and tell you, and they don't, they really mean well, but they'll come back and tell you, well, girl, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And then it, gets, it comes all for you and it becomes about them. Not intentionally, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the way we've been, you know, that's kind of the way we've been socialized. You know, because we really think that we're giving, we think we're relating. What we're trying to do is make the person say that, I understand, I know, because such and such happened to me. And then you proceed to tell your story. So that person, you know, is just there. Wow. And it makes sense. So we basically, we're not active listeners. We're more active waiting for that bite to give advice instead of actively listening. Correct. But that's unconscious. Because real, many of us really mean well when our friends come to us with things. We really mean well. But we think that we are relating. We think that we're relating okay. instead of active listening. We think that, you know, you come to me and you say, oh, girl, my child, you know, did this at school, and I'm just so upset, and the teacher did such and such. <coughs> Excuse me. And immediately I said, girl, I know how you feel, because, you know, that just happened to me and, and, and Taekwon the other day. I went up to the school, and you see how immediately it stopped being about you? Even though I'm I trying say. to relate to you. Even though I'm trying to relate to you. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. So we have to learn to really active listening skills to actually hear what other people are saying. I always say and that I mean really listen. Yeah, and, and that, that requires listening with your heart. Because in the middle of the word heart is the word ear. Mm-hmm. And so it really means, because sometimes a person doesn't really want you to say anything. Okay. Just be there. Just be there. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, the, the most, some, most of us really don't know how to deal with a friend who suffers a, a, a loss or a transition of a loved one. And when they come to us, we'll say, oh, I know how you feel. I lost my such and such. And, we'll, and, and like I said, we are really meaning well. We are not trying to, you know, consciously take the attention off of our friend and put it on ourselves because we want to relate. We want her to know that we really feel you when the really thing to do to let her know that you're there is just listen. And every now and then maybe reflect, you know, Oh, that must be really hard for you. 
Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> we all have. I, you know, but but the thing is, when you know better, you do better. I've been guilty of it myself I until I realized because I um I remember one time I was with a client and she was in recovery and you know she's her own expert on her life. Okay, she knows what's best and mm-hmm. uh, she was gonna go some uh, someplace that. She really didn't want me to go. There if she went, but as her sponsor, as her coach, I wanted to go with her, you know, just to kind of, and I said, well, why don't you want me to go with you? And I had to catch myself because even though that sounded like a genuine question to ask, it became all about me. Mm. It, it was no longer about where she was going, what, why she was going, what she might be getting ready to do, it was, why don't you want me to come along? So then the conversation was going to take a whole different turn, and we'd be talking about me when it was actually mm. about her. So, I, you know, we, we have to learn. It's, it's learn just, all of it is learned behavior that we have to unlearn. And it's just, and you know what, the thing that really helps is when we stay in the now. We stay in the present. Most of the times we're thinking about what we have said, what we're going to say the moment. But that, and, it, and it takes practice. It's not easy. I may be oversimplifying it when I, you know, say these things, but it's not easy. But And, and that's what we point out, some of the essays in the anthology, The Silent Screams of a Woman. It kind of points that out, you know, and we're 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 in edit to, at the editing stage now. The book we expect the book. Well, it is our hope that the anthology will come out in March of 2021, which is actually Women's History Month, and that's what we're shooting for. That it will come out in March of I was saying that was exciting. I didn't realize I muted myself. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I'm sitting here. If you want me to keep going, you know I, I have a big mouth, and I was just talking, 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 talking. Because <laughs> I, I said, okay, okay. Well, I guess we're going to sit here. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's good because I'm glad that you uh, talked about that and you saying it was not simple of just the act of listening. Um, and it, and I'm glad you let people know that it's because people want to be of help, and it's not because they're um, criticizing or trying to take over, but we team, we've forgotten, basically, the forgotten art of really how to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's what it and comes the- down to. It's really forgotten art. And particularly uh, us women, particularly us women, because we're relational, you know. Everything about us revolves around relationships with one another, our kids, our spouses, our bosses, our jobs. We're relational. So we immediately want to relate to one another. And I want to hug you. I want you to understand. I want you to know I'm here with you. Okay. I'll make sure. But, that, you know, it's good. Um, that is a class that I think would be really great for some of us on how to actively listen and not just jump in and want to be their hero or their shero. Mm-hmm. Or solve or give advice. And that's a lot of things like some, you know, men, uh, also with men, men do the same thing. They want to they wanna solve the problem right now. Well, that's a man's so, nature, you know. That's a man's <laughs> nature. I mean, as a provider and right. protector, you know that you know according to you know the way things are handed down. I mean, that's his. I don't like to use the word role. That was what he was created for. The woman 
in my estimation, in my experience, in my research, in my own uh, looking at it the way I look at it, woman was created to be the the support, you know, to 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 provide structure, to provide the ethics, to provide the morals, you know, to all situations. And the man, you know, is to solve the problem. You know what I mean? And that's what they want to do, uh-huh. and that's where and, and that's where the communication comes in. You know, sometimes you need to say, "Look, honey, I don't need you to solve this for me. I need you to just mm-hmm. listen." Mhm. And that helps communication, clear communication, healthy communication. <laughs> I gotta clarify that healthy, clear My, communication. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we each have to know. But see, I it is my it has been my experience that we don't really know what we want. most most of the time we don't really know what we need. Most of the time we are asking for our wants than our needs. You know, when when we mm-hmm. ask for our needs, everybody's needs needs are universal. I need the same thing you need, but mm-hmm. we will we will we will convey that as we will convey our want as a need. For instance, as a as a parent, I would tell my son, I need you to clean up your room. Well, do I need him to clean up his room or do I want him to clean up his room? Because right. it's not a need for him. It's, it's not a need for you. Needs are universal. And when we learn to communicate, you know, our needs, it's like what I'm really saying, uh, I need you to clean up your room because I have this desire for order. I like to have things in their place. Mm-hmm. And most people, most people have a need for order. Sure. Even if it's, if it's order, chaos, <laughs> order, chaos. <laughs> Meditation training, and it's a class called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, uh, Dr. Rosenberg. And it was the language of compassion, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it, 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 there was one side that we call Offner when I was doing it. And it was saying that um, observe, first part was observation, then feeling, then need, and then you can request what it is you need. You know, but that takes mm-hmm. practice because you uh, see if we stop and really observe what's happening, then we'll be mm-hmm. able to connect with what we're feeling about that. Right and therein, yeah, therein leads to the pathway for a do-over for that argument you had. <laughs> you know, now you get to right. have a do-over, yeah. and we don't have to have that argument. And then you can your needs, you know, for you know, I might say. Uh, Rashad, uh, when I, I when I see you know these balls of soil socks under the coffee table, and another three on the TV, I feel irrita- irritated because I'm needing more order in this room, especially the the room right. maybe it's the dining room that we share in common, as opposed to saying I need you to clean up this room. Right. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay. Now we got. That explaining, um, and guys, please forgive me because I poured uh, our cries. You know that we have the silent cries. That's I go. I I'm talking about the, within ourselves. Um, have you ever been told that you can't cry about your situation? Has that ever happened to you? Where someone told you mm-hmm. you can't cry, you can't you can't afford to cry. You're not allowed to cry. No, no. Mm-hmm. No one's ever told me that. Mm-hmm. I have somehow had the 
uh, had the innate knowing that now is not the time to cry. Okay. Because in most of my experiences, when I wanted to cry, I was either very, very upset or someone uh, hurt me right there on the spot. And now my voice will tremble. And if anybody's paying attention, you could tell that, oh, she's going to cry. But for something, Mm -hmm. there's something inside me that won't let the tears fall. And if I breathe, I will uh, regain composure. But even in, you know, never, never. As a matter of fact, I was a very defiant child. Sometimes my mom would whip me. And I would cry. And she would just keep beating until I cried. And my sisters and brothers would say, girl, just cry. (laughs) Okay. So do you think that also has to do with everybody thinking black women have to be strong? That's why they don't cry and they sigh instead. And it's just like a quick sigh because they don't have that that luxury maybe to actually cry. Well, it's not. And I want to move away from, well, it's not a quick sigh. I mean, at the time that if you're present, at the time that it's happening, it's a quick sigh. Okay. But because you repress it, it'll get triggered and the sigh just gets deeper and deeper. It gets deeper and deeper. Because and it gets longer and longer, and after a while mm. you can't manage that side. Because because you when you because I mean we have many sides. There are many. If we cry mm-hmm. every time, I'm not saying that there aren't occasions to don't get me wrong to shed a tear, and that's why I'm trying to change the narrative from. Um, the the strong angry black woman because we are it's not just strong we are powerful we are powerfully strong powerfully strong which is which is really different because you see we need to rediscover what it means to be a woman of power that means we and people we're using those words simultaneously you know what I mean if they mean the same thing. Mm We need to learn the women of power versus women of strength. And as a black woman, I see as I see us as powerfully strong women. Because you see, when you are a woman of power, you have the ability to change the trajectory of life's occurrences. All right. Okay. And when you are strong, you possess the ability to impact and change outcomes. Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference there? Yes, ma'am. And so we have to let go of the vision of Superwoman. <laughs> we have to let go of the, the vision mm. of Superwoman. Superwoman. Heal the pain that caused this vision and rediscover who we are in relation to creation. See, our size, see, think about it. You can't cry right now. And, 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 and you're crying. Nobody noticed that that really hurt you. So your side, uh, we have to become aware that our side gives us the strength needed to unleash the power within. Just think about it. Something traumatic happens. You can't cry right mm-hmm. there because your house is burning down. You can't cry. You Yeah, you want to cry because your house is burning down, but you got to get out the house first. You got to get yourself to safety. So you sigh, you can't cry. And so that sigh mm-hmm. gives you that strength to jump into action. We're magical. We're not magic. You see, we don't talk our pain. We don't talk our pain. Ashay. We do our pain. We do our pain. I mean, you think about the time. I mean, so many times things have happened. I mean, you know, they just take something as simple as having an emergency when you got a show to do. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you don't want to go attend to the emergency, but your show has to get done. 
you 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 do as much as you can in that situation. And then you have to go the hell, you know. I mean, I, I don't want to sound callous, but this I'm just trying to get something right. that we can relate to. The show must go on. So you can, you know, the day my mom passed, my whole world crushed. But when I looked out the window, life was going on as usual. This is true. It, the, the buses was moving down the street. The cars, the kids were playing outside. My world had crashed. Mm-hmm. And I still, later that evening, I had something to do. So I couldn't just break down and cry. Because then I would become immobilized. And so what I was getting at with that side is that it's time, is, is that we need a platform. Just like you were saying when you were coming on, we need a platform, mm-hmm. a safe haven where we can go by, where you know, we can go into that space. And cry. We need to be the bridge mm-hmm. over troubled waters for our sisters because we are our sisters' keeper. The clinic that mm-hmm. we talked about, you know. And that's our sighing helps with our health and well being. I talk all day about this stuff. <laughs> well, it's good because a lot of people aren't, and that's the thing. A lot of people aren't, and then we need some this information out there to empower us, especially being with the superwoman syndrome. That's what I call it, the superwoman syndrome. Um, yeah, and we are we are strong. But I mean, and you know, go ahead. No, I was saying, go ahead. Oh, no, because I was going to say one thing that I used to hear sisters say. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Obamas. Some of my heartbeats, okay, as far as imagery goes. Um, but he used to say, Michelle can do everything I can do, except she does it in heels. And I thought, and that's just that. I mean, I don't want to do everything you can do in heels, man. Can you Do you realize the burden that that is? Mhm. I'd like to be able to do everything as comfortably as I can. We don't like wearing heels that much, and that that variant just goes to I'm a I'm a wordsmith, and I really believe in the power of words because words create mm-hmm. images. Words are spell. And people will say, "Oh, oh, Fabu, golly, you don't have to be so serious, you know." He didn't really mean that. I, I'm well, say what you mean. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I always do. Please, I'm not putting myself above anybody. Remember when I started out, I said I've made lots of mistakes, and I will continue to make uh-huh. mistakes. So I have not arrived. Life is not a, a destination. It's a journey. But I'm better than what I used to be. Makes sense. <clears throat> And the fact that you make yourself vulnerable to share and reach out to help other people heal is magnificent. Well, like I said, when that was put on me. Yeah, well, that's the thing that we as women, and like I said, my both my programs, Journey Inward, uh, well, You Empower You is like the parent nonprofit for several other nonprofits under. Uh, think of United Way, and you know how United Way has mm-hmm. other nonprofits under it? Well, that's what You Empower You is. You Empower You is like the parent company, the fiscal sponsor for the other nonprofits that are under it. And that's what Journey Inward is. Journey Inward is that um, Journey Inward is that uh, the vet nonprofit under You Empower You that's dedicated to assisting female participants in producing observable changes in socially significant behavior. Which is why I reached out to sisters because I'm 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 really. Um, I, that's what I know most about when it comes to human behavior. I don't know anything about, you know, men, how they're wired. I mean, I do know, but I don't know what it's like to be a man. You know what I mean? 
I know what it's like to be right. a woman. I know the pains that I've suffered. I know, and I'm not by myself. You know, all you have to do is be in a room full of women and mention one problem, and you trigger something for everybody in the room. Okay. And that's why, you know, once we, we get to that and um, we realize that as women, by celebrating and acknowledging our differences without judgment, together we can cultivate our talents, our skills, and abilities for the sake of our families, our communities, and the sake of the world, thereby using our gifts as powerful streams of influence. Because, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, right now, if you look into the world, the, um, the feminine energy calling out, you know, the masculine energy has dominated, the earth is fighting back, you know, depending on what level you're, you know, you're on with thinking or elevated to that, you know, level. Uh, or to that mindset, I should say. That sounds better, mindset. <laughs> to that mindset that the, the the world needs nurturing and caring, you know, because we're life givers. We're life givers. And, and we need to, um, then that's what the program Under Journey Inward is. Women of the Red Tent, that is, the safe spot where women from all walks of life gather. And we talk about the things we don't normally talk about. We talk about the trauma. And this is where those sighs come in. Because I'm telling you, the 13 women that responded, now mind you, I think I reached out to, ooh, wow, I think it was maybe like 30? And out of 30, all of them had something they wanted, but they weren't ready to share it. And especially in a book, everybody's going to know me. It's not really. I don't want to put my, I'm not ready right now. Which says that they had not healed from that spot. But they were still getting degrees. They were, were, were still doing the things that they had to do, but they still had this side buried in them. If that makes any sense, you know. Totally. Totally. Okay. Let me know. Yeah. Let you know what? Let me know what right now. Let me know that I I can't do this live like I want to. And I try to put it live in Facebook and live in and YouTube. My computer said, you know what? Just sit down. Stop it. So are you gonna cry about that? Or are you just gonna sigh Heck no. and keep on moving? So uh, are you just, just gonna, gonna keep, it moving. <laughs> keep it moving? And therein lies what we were talking about. That was a perfect okay. example. I mean that wasn't earth shattering. But you know, we have earth shattering things that at that moment we can do nothing about. You know? And that's why mm-hmm. once we once we get to the point where we've cleared ourselves, where we've done the hard work, Dr. D, and, you know, I'm not telling you anything new. I'm probably preaching to the choir. Um, after we've done that hard work, then we're able to even focus on trying to get a do-over. I can have a do-over. Mm-hmm. You can have a do-over. We could all have a do-over. But there's work that has to be done. Before we can get that do over. This is true. Oh, wow. Like, okay, but we got it. Got it. So, let's talk about what makes someone want to have a do over. What makes someone would want? I don't know about someone. Uh, okay. I mean, because I okay. Uh, what would make you want? Let's talk about me and you. What would make you want to have a duo? I know you're the interviewer. 
<laughs> Maybe some um some bad experience I had in my life. And I want to change it around, whether mm-hmm. it's a relationship or a situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually we can I we can do it. Yeah, well, and usually we can say that's that's safe for everybody. We made we had okay. we made some decision. Whereas if we had had the information we have now, we would have made a different decision. So now that I have the information. True. But then you have to think about what about that. And and, and getting a do-over, you have to, the first thing you have to do is you have to get over feeling like it's too late or it's too anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what, I really wanted to go back to school. Girl, I'm 70 years old now. If I go back to school now, by the time I get through, I'm in four years. I'll be seventy-four. Well, you're gonna be seventy-four in four years anyway. <laughs> Whether you go back to school or not, you know, if you don't pass away, mm-hmm. I mean, transition. And so, if you transition, you know, you want to transition while you was working on your degree, or transition while you were still talking about working on your degree. Mm-hmm. And so once you, you decide that you're going to um, to do a do-over, then you got to tell yourself a different story. Because you can't do a do-over with the same eyes and concepts that you had when you did it the first time. Mm-hmm. So you got to tell yourself a different story. You, mm-hmm. you got to tell yourself you are bold, you're free. You 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 gonna you are gonna decide what's best for you. I mean, I like to play a game when I do some of my workshops. I will say, today you have been granted a do-over. On this trip, you can only take the lessons you learned, but no regrets. What would you do over? What would you do over, doctor? You're on a trip. Look here, we're flowing through this galaxy that you invited us on at the top of this broad. This uh, blog show. Mhm. What would I do over? Um, but you can't take. You can't have no regrets now. You can take the lesson. But you can't have any regrets. No. Well, the thing is, I don't. I really now that I'm older, <laughs> I don't have any regrets because if. I wouldn't be the person who I am if I hadn't had those lessons or had those experiences. So let's see. What would be a do-over? So if if you could start over today, finish this sentence. If I started over today, I would. Just the first thing, don't think too hard, because most of the time it ain't that deep. Most of the time, it's right on the surface. What we're doing when we do that, what we're doing has been my experience, you know, with the people I've worked with and myself, carrying myself through that. We are censoring what we want to say. And especially if, you know, like, like, like we're sitting here doing this. But even I, when I was doing the ritual and really going through this exercise myself, I censored what, but because it comes right up. It comes right up. Because we, you know, we have that hindsight. But we're processing whether we want to say it out loud. Well, for me, I mean, she over. Well, think about it. I'll go first. I, now, I have no regrets. You're right. You think about it while I tell you mine do over. I have no regrets, and I would not trade my journey because of the lessons that I learned. And for my do-over, I would rethink my decision to give up my home to live on special property in a communal environment. I would rethink the decision because I would have more things that I would use to make me to help me make that decision. Mm-hmm. 
and I would probably uh-huh. still make the same decision, except that I wouldn't feel um, at first, you know, when things happened, the property got sold off Mondays, when things happened, I uh, wouldn't been like, oh, man, all oh, this, all oh, that. I would have just taken the lessons and, and thought a little further so that I would have been protected in, in the event something happened like what happened. You see what I'm saying? So I would be wanting to do over mm-hmm. to make the same thing be better, the outcome be better or different. And that's that's one of because getting a do over is a three point process. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a three point. The first you got to reflect on your life. Mm-hmm. Then you got to look forward. And then you got to build your game plan, getting the outcome you want. And there are five things you have to be identify at that third stage. Hmm. And when you like reflect you on your life, huh? I said I think no, my over would be that. Go ahead. No, you think you're you're do? I think there's a delay because I was waiting on yeah. you to say what you because you were about to say. I think I my do over would be my oh my do over would be that I would stay in Korea and not come come back to the mainland or to the United States. Mm. I would have um, tough it out and. Seeing all the other places I wanted to go and then come back to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seemed, you know, and I don't regret because I got to see a much more of the country mm-hmm. than I did. Mm-hmm. But I think, mm-hmm. no, I, I have a feeling I would have been much more comfortable with felt at not restraint as I feel when I'm in the United States. When I'm abroad, mm-hmm. I don't feel those restraints. Mm-hmm. Than I do when I'm here. It's uh, mm-hmm. for me, it's a different experience. Like I tell people, I can tell when I hit United States. I can energetically feel the energy and shift. Even when I go to certain states, it's an mm-hmm. energetic shift. Um, it was an energetic shift even going from Hawaii to Florida. It's different. That's the best way I can say. But I like, I'm here because I got to travel around. I got to go stay in Mexico. I mean, I got to meet you and a couple other different people from different organizations I wouldn't have had a chance to meet um, in another country because I really wouldn't have been on a computer at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't regret that, but I that would be my big do-over. I would have stayed over there and just, I think I'd be a lot further, and I would have done, um, continue to do the work I did, and that um, money wouldn't have been an issue, as mm-hmm. I feel that in the U.S. that it is. That would be, and so, I, I believe I would be in a much more comfortable place. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you. So, if I get correct me if I'm wrong, what I heard from that is that you would would do over the decision to come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. And that <clears throat> that's part of, so you're reflecting on your life. That's the first step. Remember that, that uh, getting a do-over, <clears throat> excuse me, is a three-point process. And the first thing mm-hmm. that you, we have to do is we have to accept the path. You know, we have to accept. Mm-hmm. And accepting this simply means you realize something has happened, you know, so you acknowledge it and you move on from it. Mm-hmm. And a lot a lot of times um, most people who have not done the work remember uh, they feel hurt and pain when they start thinking about doing um, do, a do-over because it was some hurtful or painful uh, situation. But we need to remember mm. that pain that pain and suffering aren't the same thing. 
So mm-hmm. you're going to feel the pain and hurt, but you don't have to suffer. Because most of the time, that's what comes to mind when somebody say about a do-over. They think about some suffering event or something that caused great, great pain, which is why we don't want to say the first thing that comes up. You know what I mean? We don't want to say it because mm-hmm. it's suffering. But once we realize that suffering is a choice, like whether or not you're going to be happy is a choice. Pain and hurt mm-hmm. are not choices. But suffering is. So you get out of that story and avoid the drama. You know? And then... I like that. Yeah, you move to the second. You move to the point where you... The second part of reflecting, you move to the point where you remember that things happen for a reason. Now, that don't mean you're powerless. You know, people run around and say, oh, girl, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that one of the reasons might be you made a stupid decision. (laughs) 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 And I just say that, uh, meaning that um, nothing has meaning besides the meaning you have uh, uh, assigned to it. Mm-hmm. That make you know, because then it's up to you to make every incident and moment either empowering or disempowering. And you know, mm-hmm. then you just take stock of your failures and your successes. You can't quit life. Mm-hmm. You can't quit. You know. And we're talking about doing a do-over and what it is in the first uh, point process of getting a do-over. Okay, what was the failure? What was, I mean, just take, you know, um, when you said that uh, you would have stayed over there. So what were your, 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 your failures and successes that caused you to want to come back here? I'm not asking that question. I'm just saying these are the things we think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You think about what worked and what didn't work. Right. And for God's sake, don't announce that you're starting over. <laughs> you know, you ain't got to go tell everybody. You don't need validation. Mm-hmm. Your choice is to make a change in your life. Just do it. You don't have to ask right. them what they think about what you're doing. But you know why we do that? Mm. We, we do. We do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. we do it because we... Go ahead. We do it because we're no, about we to do get it because cut off. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's go ahead on and switch over. Wait for me. Uh, put the meeting ID. Okay. In. Everybody, we are switching over live. We're going to Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yep. <laughs> it's not playing. So let me play this little thing real quick. Cause it's like it's not playing. I'm like, all right, we got you, we got you. All right, everybody. Have a pleasant night, and look out for us on the other side. All righty now. Welcome to Food Alchemy Network, and you taking the time to relax with us. I want to wish you a blazing, blissful, wonderful time of return. I want to show you my appreciation from my heart for you taking the time out of your day and keeping me company on this reign of knowledge of to the other galactic, to the other side of the universe. Thank you for being part of Food Alchemy Network. Food Alchemy Network thanks you and the guests. I thank you for allowing me to sit in a seat and accompany you and share your source of information and giving it your most highest, supreme understanding, understanding, overstanding, and all of that above. So thank you, my illustrious guest. Food Alchemy would not be anything without you, my audience. Stay tuned, come back, 
and we hope to show you a rocking good time on Food Alchemy Network. If you choose or you think you know something or know someone that would be perfect for Food Alchemy Network, don't be afraid to get in touch with Dr. Cicely D'Angelo and we'll take up that information as a suggestion. Blessings to all and blissful meaning and blazing stars from my galaxy to the comet that flies in the sky.